Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you can join us as we worship the Lord together. Uh, it's great to gather together as family in Christ, isn't it? Amen. So it's great to be here. Hope that you enjoy the service this morning. Um, a couple of announcements to share with you as we begin this morning. First of all, the youth group is going to be meeting in the fellowship hall after the church for the Get Air trip that is today. There is no youth group tonight. Uh, prayer meeting tonight at 5.30, and Kathy Ridge has an announcement here this morning. So Kathy's going to come up. Uh, I wanted to um, share with you that um, we have Gary Sims from Hope Aglow uh, Ministries that's going to be coming as our missionary for our missionary day in May. So mark May 20th on your calendar. Um, you'll want to be here to hear him. He's going to do the Sunday school time in the morning um, with uh, the classes, and then he will do our worship time, and we will have a potluck afterwards. Just to give you a little bit of background information, I pulled this up off their website. We've been um, uh, sending money to Hope Aglow Ministries for a long time. <laughs> Right? Um, I, I should have found that out when we first started, but I know who started the ministry was Ed Martin and his wife, um, Alfreda. And um, they were missionaries to start with. Um, they were, did uh, three tours of duty in Japan with New Tribes Mission to begin a work that would bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to prison inmates around the world. And since the death of her husband, Alfreda, um, uh, she has been doing all of the Bible study courses that they do. So they were the directors, Ed and Alfreda. They spent time as missionaries, but then um, they started a prison ministry here um, when, they, when they came back. Gary Sims uh, was an inmate who gave his life to the Lord while behind bars. And after his release from an Alabama prison, he entered the ministry. And during his formal education at Liberty Baptist College, Gary began doing volunteer work with Hope Aglow, and then he became member of the staff. So now he leads it. He goes around to all the prisons all over. Uh, he goes to Camp Hill, so I know that for sure, but he's stationed in Lynchburg, Virginia. So one of the things that their ministry does are these Bible studies that Alfreda puts together and then they um, send them out to any of the inmates that want to do the Bible studies. So they will not go in debt for anything that they do. So once they have the money, they print all of the, the studies and once they have enough money, then they can do the postage to send things out. So what we're going to do prior to him coming uh, and also Bibles. They supply a lot of Bibles to the inmates, um, even reading material, videos, tapes, anything that's inspirational that they can um, pass on. We're going to put the white box out next Sunday um, for the, the next three Sundays till he comes so that you can put donations in there that will go for helping to print the material and helping for postage. I also am going to put a box over in the fellowship hall underneath the, where the um, mailboxes are that we can use to collect Bibles, um, lightly used, please, not all battered up, and, um, or new, 
Bibles would be great, um, or any other inspirational material that you have that you think a prisoner and inmate could um, uh, benefit from. So he's a, he's a great speaker, good Southern man, <laughs> and uh, very engaging. So uh, you'll want to be here on the 20th, and we'll get a sign-up sheet for the potluck up as well. Thank you. Uh, the Bolivia Missions Team, if you look at the very bottom of your bulletin, it says the Bolivia Missions Team is hosting a chili cook-off fundraiser May 19th. Um, we are going to have a sign-up sheet out. It's not out today. It will be up hopefully tomorrow. And if you are interested in making chili for that, um, please make sure to sign up in the back. We'll have listed how many people approximately we'd like you to make it for. That way you're aware. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be right out here. We're going to have other things that are going on um, all by donation. There's no cost to any of this um, to come and, and participate and enjoy some chili and have some fun. There will be a prize for the best chili, though. Um, 1000 no, I'm just kidding, $25, $25 gift card uh, for the winner. So would you pray with me as we open the service this morning? God, you're so good, and it's great to be here. Lord, we ask that you would, Father, break down any distractions that we have, any walls we have up, Lord, that we may hear from you, Lord, that we may see what you want us to see understand what you want us to understand. Lord, that you may speak to our hearts and our souls this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing to the Lord this morning? I saw the light, I saw the light No more in darkness, no more in night Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside Praise the Lord, I saw the light So aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow. A blind man I wandered along Worries and fears I claim for my own Then like the blind man I got you back his sight Praise the Lord I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light No more in darkness No more in night Now I'm so happy No sorrow inside And I was a fool to wander and stray. And 
is filled with his glory and holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory the earth is filled with his glory of this song you're the only God whose power none can contend you're the only God whose name and praise will never end you're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give you are God that's just the way it is Let's sing this together
Test. So if everyone will take their bulletins and where it says John and Amanda, just cross out Amanda and write friends. So it says John and friends. So. <laughs> Saving, 
He's a prison-shaking Savior. If you got chains, He's a chain-breaker. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lie, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you've got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom or saving he's a prison shaking savior if you've got chains he's a chain breaker we've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight We've all run to things we know just ain't right But there's a better life oh. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom or safety He's a prison-shaking Savior If you've got chains He's a chain-breaker If you believe it If you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify, testify If you believe if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, He's a prison-shaking Savior If you've got chains He's a chain-breaker If you've got chains He's a chain-breaker Let's pray today, and um, I'll refer to our prayer ministry sheet and uh, mention a few folks on here and try to give you some updates. Um, keep Dean Berger in prayer. He's here, um, but as you know, he has a you know, fractured finger and um, a few glitches here and there, so just pray that everything would heal and uh, mend together as they, as they should. Also, keep Betty Howe in prayer. She had some uh, knee surgery. And uh, she's doing well, um, 
So continue to pray for her that uh, she can get up and around. Wayne Mace, he's back in Germany. Uh, did they come in? Heidi, you're back here. Yes, yes. So he's back in Germany. So now you have communication once again. All right, that's a good thing. So we praise the Lord uh, for that. Uh, also, Ada Schuffhauser, uh, she is going or already is, she's leaving this Wednesday uh, from home to the premiere at Susquehanna. Uh, so pray for that whole transition. Um, never an easy step, but um, the family believes that this is the right decision. And so uh, do pray for this um, transitional Wednesday when she'll uh, move into the premiere at Susquehanna there in Miller. It's not premiere, though, is it? It's heritage. It's heritage in Tower City. Yes. Okay, still Wednesday, but heritage. All right, we're trying to get our act together here. Good, okay. And Mary Alice Young. Uh, I talked to her today, or this week, and um, it's a slow recovery. As you know, she had knee surgery, and the knee is doing really, very well. Uh, the problem was is that she had an ulcer and some blood clots and just a lot of those things going on. So she um, said, I never take naps in the afternoon. Never used to have to do that. But she said, I get so tired. So she doesn't have the energy and doesn't have the strength. Uh, so pray for her for uh, her recovery. And then also um, Gladys Swigard. Uh, we have her on the list. She had fallen backwards, uh, our 97-year-old neighbor across the street. And um, I noticed that um, I still don't see her coming out for her mail and talked to someone recently who said that she's still, you know, quite a bit of pain in her back. Apparently nothing broken, um, but for someone who's 97 to fall backwards, um, you know, that's not an easy uh, recovery. So pray for Gladys. It'll be good to see her again on a nice day walking down her driveway and picking up the mail. So I'm still waiting uh, to see that. So keep her in your prayers as well. Father, so we come before you once again as it is always our privilege. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that we're able to do so. We thank you, Father, that we can bring to you our requests and our praises. Father, you deserve our praise. You deserve our worship. Lord, we have come here today to praise your name, to give you the glory that you are due. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We thank you that you are the God we sang of, a God who is on the throne, a God in whom all things are controlled, a God who reigns and rules. Father, nothing happens apart from your will. We thank you that you are that sovereign almighty, awesome God. We thank you, Lord, too, that you, in spite of looking down on mankind and saw our extreme sin, Lord, you loved us. You loved your creation. You loved mankind. And you provided a way of escape to be rescued from our sin. Lord, you in your great love sent your Son to die on a cross so that we might be forgiven. We thank you, Lord, for the willingness of Jesus to lay down his life, to give his life a ransom for many. Father, we trust that 
each person who calls Word of Life Chapel their home, that Father, each person knows beyond doubt that they are part of your family. Father, our desire is that each one here at Word of Life Chapel knows you in a very personal way through your Son. They have trusted Jesus as Savior, and they know that someday they will live with you forever. Father, we also thank you for our church family. Father, we thank you that you surround us with those, Lord, who we know so well. Father, we, our hearts are broken. They ache Lord, when we hear of those who struggle in whatever capacity that may be. Father, we bring Dean before you this morning. We ask that, Father, you might touch this finger. Father, we pray that as he goes to different surgeons and doctors, that, Father, they might do just the right thing to bring this back to full health and strength. Thank you that Betty's surgery went so well, and pray that she is doing well, as, well too, and pray that that recovery would continue. We thank you, Lord, for the safe trip of Wayne Mace. And although a very short trip to Africa, uh, Lord, nevertheless, it was uh, a time when there was no communication back home. Uh, Father, the uncertainty of this whole uh, trip to Africa uh, causes great concern. But Father, you have answered our prayers, and we praise you for that. And you brought him back to Germany safe. Now bring him home we pray safely in due time. We pray for Ada's transition this Wednesday. We do ask, Lord, that she might be accepting of this move. We pray that you might give comfort to the family members in the decision they made, that it was the right one to make. And we pray that Ada would adjust really well. We know that the first couple of weeks are very important in that whole adjustment process. And so we commit these weeks to you and pray that, Lord, she would um, find um, staff and friends and people, Lord, who might care for her and love her, and uh, that she might find this now to be her new home. We think of Mary Alice, Lord. We do ask that you would give her the energy that she uh, does not have right now as a result of the things that she's been through. We thank you that you are healing the knee and that she's walking well. Father, now these other things that are taking place, we, we do commit to you. We pray for Gladys Swiger, Lord, our neighbor across the street. Uh, Lord, we thank you that there were no broken bones, but uh, Father, just, I suppose, a lot of bruising and pain and all of those things that come along with the fall is the one she took. And so we commit her to you. Father, I know the pain is it's excruciating. I think this is the word that it was used, and something that she hasn't experienced before. And so we pray that, Lord, you would touch her in a very special way. Father, again, we thank you for our time this morning. You are a wonderful God, and Father, we thank you that you have allowed us once again to come into your presence. Father, you said that when your people come together, you would be right there among them. 
we know, Father, that your spirit is here. We don't question that. We pray, Lord, that your spirit might have free course and be glorified in our lives. Father, we want for your spirit to work in us and through us. Change us, we pray, as a result of our time now in your word. Use your word to make us more like Jesus himself. So again, we thank you for this good day. This is your day, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise him, praise him, praise our blessed Redeemer. Hymn number 96. Leonard's going to come and lead us in this hymn. Praise him, praise him, hymn number 96. I'll ask you to stand with me as we sing this, then those in church can be dismissed. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer, sing me, I did forget uh, one other announcement, and that's Sharon Warner. Uh, she was in an accident on Thursday. She's fine. Uh, granddaughters were with her in the accident as well. 
uh, but shaken. And um, we certainly want to pray for Sharon uh, in the accident on uh, this past Thursday evening. You know, the Bible says that it doesn't matter how good you are, but without Jesus, the Bible says we're lost in trespasses and sins. The Bible is quite clear that Jesus is the mediator between God and man. Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. For God, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him will be given eternal life. But if you jump down a couple verses, it says that those who do not believe are condemned already. You can be a really, really good guy and still be lost. This morning, we're going to look at another one of the disciples of Jesus. And Jesus said of this disciple, Nathaniel, he is a really great guy. And yet, Nathaniel needed Jesus. In John chapter 1, and that's where we're going to spend our time this morning, in John chapter 1, last week, uh, we saw Andrew. And Andrew, when he found Jesus, he went to find his brother Peter and brought Peter to the Savior. We often see that in Scripture of this person who finds Christ and then finds someone else to bring to Jesus. Well, the text that we're looking at this morning is the text that immediately follows that which we looked at last week. If you look at verse 43 of John chapter 1, it says, the next day. So this is all taking place the day after Andrew went to find his brother Peter and introduce him to Jesus. So follow with me, if you would, please, in verse 43 of John chapter 1. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, 
Verily, truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We want to look this morning at this disciple, Nathaniel. First of all, let's describe him. Who is this man, Nathaniel? Well, John calls him Nathaniel. If you were to flip over to the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they refer to him as Bartholomew. You know, it's not uncommon for those in Bible days to have two names. Uh, we know that Matthew, he was also called Levi. Uh, Thomas was called Didymus. Um, Simon was called Peter. And so here we have Nathaniel, also referred to as Bartholomew. But I want you to notice what Jesus said of Nathaniel. If you noticed as I read, Jesus said this, he is an Israelite indeed, a true Israelite, in whom there is no deceit, in whom there is nothing fake. Now that's a pretty remarkable statement to be made by Jesus about anyone. Here is a man of integrity, a man of morals, a man of righteousness, a really good and a really great guy. And yet Nathaniel needed Jesus because in Jesus, the Bible says, is forgiveness. And only in Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin, all the deeds in the world, all the good works in the world, cannot save you. Being a good guy is not enough to have a relationship with our Father. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 2, and I guess we're, we don't have the um, screen down below us, do we yet? I guess it's, it's back here. All right, I'm going to do some turning it around. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no other name under which we are to be saved. Jesus is the way of salvation. And so regardless of whether you're a good guy or not, we've all sinned, the Bible says, and we've fallen short of God's glory. Over in Sunday school this morning, I asked the question, what is sin? And two folks uh, used pictures. I like pictures. Pictures help us to understand uh, things that maybe is hard to define. One used the picture of a path and veering off that path. And isn't that what sin is? God says, go down the straight and narrow. And when we decide to veer off, that's called sin. One said it's missing the mark. We've all sinned and we've fallen short. Missing the mark is like putting up on the wall a bullseye. And you try to hit the target right in the middle, but you fall short. You miss that bullseye. That's sin. God says, here's how you need to live. But we miss the mark. We fall short of what God has called us to. And so we've all offended God. We've offended his holiness. 
He's a holy God who demands perfection. Yes, even Nathaniel fell short. He was a man who needed Jesus, as everyone needs Jesus. But notice also in this passage I read the discovery of Nathaniel. Earlier, Andrew, he went and told Peter about the Lord. Here, Jesus himself seeks out Philip. And once Philip finds Jesus, he goes to tell his good friend Nathaniel. You know, oftentimes we read of two men coupled together, James and John, are often referred to together. There were brothers. We often uh, read in the Bible of Andrew and Simon Peter. They were brothers. We often read of Philip and Nathaniel. They were not brothers, but just good friends. And Nathaniel, he knew his Bible. Look at verse 45. It says this, Philip, when he found Nathaniel, this is what he told him. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets, they also wrote. You see, Nathaniel and Philip, they know, both knew the scriptures. They were Old Testament scholars who delve into God's word. In all likelihood, uh, this uh, location is out in the wilderness somewhere, and um, they may have been listening to John the Baptist. Remember Andrew and, and, and Peter? They were disciples of John the Baptist. It doesn't say that Nathaniel and Philip were, but they might have been. They probably heard him speak about the coming Messiah, preparing the way. And so they knew the scriptures. They knew what the Old Testament stated. But what really surprised Nathaniel was when Philip said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel's Messiah, it didn't fit that he would come from Nazareth. Here are a couple words of commentaries, what they said about this small, remote village of Nazareth. It was rough, unrefined, uneducated, corrupt, wicked, ungodly, evil, uncultured. And so in Nathaniel's mind, knowing the Old Testament scriptures and knowing what it says back in Micah that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, for Philip to tell him Jesus of Nazareth, it just didn't fit in his mind what he thought of Messiah and where he would come from. He was confused in verse 46. He says, can anything good come from Nazareth? <laughs> I mean, can any good thing come from that small, remote village. He's confused. And I think this is probably a fair question. It's understandable to ask a question such as that. But Philip doesn't argue. He just says, listen, you, you, you come and see. You need to see Jesus for yourself. 
And so he does. Notice the third point I see in this text. It's the discernment concerning Nathaniel. The discernment concerning Nathaniel. We don't read anywhere where Jesus ever met Nathaniel. Nathaniel never saw Jesus. And yet Jesus describes him, calling him an Israelite indeed, a true Israelite, and one who has no deceit in him. He's able to speak of what Nathaniel is like, who he is, what he's like on the inside. If you look at verse 47, that's what Jesus says. As Nathanael is approaching him, he calls him truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael was true. He was one who lived righteously. There was nothing to hide in Nathanael. He was genuine. Nothing fake about him. What you saw in Nathaniel is what you got. He was the real deal. He was a really good guy, a true Israelite. You see, the Bible says that not all Israelites were true Israelites. Not all Israelites actually lived up to their name. Nathaniel, however, was a Jew not just on the outside, but Nathaniel was a Jew on the inside. And Jesus saw that. Having never met him, he saw inside of who Nathaniel was. There's a couple of verses in Romans uh, I like to read that help us understand this whole idea of being an Israelite and not really being an Israelite. Uh, in Romans chapter 9, it says, For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. Now listen to the next verse. A person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart. So here is Nathaniel, not just outwardly of Jewish descent, but here is Nathaniel who was a true Jew, an inward Jew, a true Jew with a pure heart, one who lived up to the name Israel. He was authentic, nothing false or insincere, a man of great integrity. He was not just called an Israelite, but he lived up to that name. He lived up to the name Israelite. The Bible says when you become a Christian, you are called a Christian. Are you a true Christian? Would Jesus say of you, you are a Christian indeed? You live up to that name, Christian, as a Christ follower. 
It was Alexander the Great, that great general who conquered the known world at his time. And Alexander the Great was a great military leader. And the story goes that one time during a campaign, he was trying to sleep at night and he just couldn't. And so he decided to get up and walk through the camp. And when he did, he saw this soldier who was supposed to be keeping guard of his post. This soldier was fast asleep. Now in that day, the penalty for sleeping on duty was death. If your officer saw you fall and you had fallen asleep on duty, he would most likely pour kerosene on you and light it. So here's this sleeping soldier, and Alexander the Great begins to approach him, and the soldier becomes aroused, and he sees the general approaching. You can imagine the fear. And Alexander the Great asks him the question, Soldier, do you know the penalty for sleeping on duty? With a quivering voice, yes, sir. Soldier, what is your name? Alexander, sir. He says it the second time. Soldier, what is your name? Alexander, sir. He asks him the third time and raises his voice. Soldier, what is your name? My name is Alexander, sir. And he looks him straight in the eye and says, you either change your name or you change your behavior. Your name is Christian. Nathaniel was an Israelite. Nathaniel, he lived up to his name. Do you as a Christian, do you live up to that name as a Christ follower. Nathaniel was a, an Israelite indeed. Indeed, truly, he was an Israelite. And then he says to Jesus, after Jesus describes him, who he's never met, Nathaniel then says, how do you know me? Again, that's a pretty fair question. It's understandable. Jesus, we have never met. I have never laid eyes on. How do you know me? And Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. Fig trees, back in the days of the disciples, they were a place to get in and out of the hot sun. Israel can become very hot. And so uh, uh, they had shade trees, these fig trees in their yards so that they could get out of the hot sun, get in under the shade. But it was more than that because men would often go. It was like one of their favorite places to go where they could study and meditate on the scriptures. And so it was their little prayer closet or chamber, if you will. It's where Nathaniel would often go. And he would sit there under that fig tree and he would study the scriptures. 
He would read stories in the Old Testament. He would think through and meditate on the things that he had read. When Nathaniel says, how do you know me? Jesus said, I saw you. I saw you under that fig tree. But I really believe this is more than just mere optics. As a matter of fact, some commentators, they don't really believe Jesus ever was right there at that fig tree. But what Jesus was saying by saying, I saw you, it's I saw into you. I saw into your very heart, Nathaniel. You see, Jesus with that omniscient eye, knowing all things, he could see right into the very heart of Nathaniel. And what he saw was a true Israelite. What he saw was someone who was righteous and not fake and without deceit. Jesus probably wasn't physically present to actually see him. But he said, I saw you there with my omniscient eye. I know you because I am who I am. And suddenly, Nathaniel, when Jesus says this, he declares in verse 49, Rabbi, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. He realizes that now he is in the very presence of an all-knowing and all-seeing God. He is in the very presence of one who saw right through him. We read in the book of Hebrews that nothing is hidden from God's eyes. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says this, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered, and it's all laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Can you imagine God knowing everything that goes on in your mind, in your heart? He doesn't just see you. He sees into you. He knows your intents. He knows your motives. He knows your thoughts. There's nothing escapes that. God, with his omniscient eye, and in his great omnipotence, he looks right in and right through you. You really can't get away with anything. Maybe in the eyes of others, but not in the eyes of God. For God is able to see in our hearts. And then notice the decision of Nathaniel. He makes this great declaration in verse 49. Rabbi, which means teacher, you are the Son of God. You are God in flesh. You are the King of Israel. This is another way of saying you are the Messiah. You are the long-awaited Messiah that we have been longing for. We have been expecting you to come. And now here you are as he stands face to face with the Son of God. And then Jesus makes this huge 
promise. He says to Nathaniel, you're going to see greater things than these. And so the question is, what does that mean? What is this promise that God in Christ makes to Nathaniel when he says, you're going to see even greater things than these? I believe, as others do, that what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree that day is he was reading through and meditating on the story of Jacob's ladder. Remember Jacob's ladder? Remember back in the Old Testament in Genesis where Jacob was walking and he got tired and he lays down and puts his head on a pillow? It was a rock, but I guess he thought it might be good to lay his head on. And he had a dream. And what did Jacob see? He saw a ladder, did he not? Probably it was more like a stairway, not rungs on the ladder like what we used to, you know, get up and change clocks when the time changes, but it was probably, you know, like more like a stairway with steps. And the stairway, it started on the earth, and it led all the way up into heaven. And as he looked at this stairway, he saw angels. The angels, some were ascending and some were descending. They were going up, coming down. And at the very top of the ladder of the stairway, he saw God. And he heard the voice of God. And God said, Jacob, I am the Lord. And I am with you. And where you go, I will go. And I will give you strength. And I will always be there for you. And some believe, and I do too, that when Nathaniel was under this fig tree, he was thinking through that whole story. Because notice what Jesus said it's in this promise. After he says in verse 50, you're going to see greater things than that, this is what we read. It says, he then added, verily, truly, I tell you, you will see Nathaniel. Listen, you will see Nathaniel, heaven open. And you will see angels of God ascending and descending. Sounds a whole lot like the story of Jacob's ladder until we get to the very end. What changes? Jesus doesn't say these angels and these uh, who are ascending and descending, they're ascending and descending on a ladder, on a stairway. But notice the last words. You have a highlighter? If you have a highlighter, take the pencil. You've got to circle this word on the Son of Man. You see, the story changes. It's not a stairway, but you will see angels ascending and descending when heaven opens, but they're ascending and descending on me, Nathaniel, on me. What is the significance of saying that? He's saying, Nathaniel, you're going to see this great fulfillment in me. Nathaniel, I am the great bridge between earth and heaven. Nathaniel, I am the link. I am the connection between man and God. And Nathaniel, as you walk with me for these next three years, 
you are going to see in me that I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and no man can come from earth to heaven to the Father except through or on me. Nathaniel, you're going to see great things as you walk with me and you're going to discover you're going to discover who I am and that you and all of mankind, there's only one way to get to God. I am the connection, and I am the only connection. You might be a good guy, Nathaniel, right now, but you will learn from me that I am the mediator between God and man. I am the only way to come to the Father. I want to close by turning to John chapter 13 and 14. In John chapter 13, uh, Jesus tells his disciples that he can't be with them forever. Jesus now, it's into the ministry of, um, or he's been on earth now quite some time. He's been with Nathaniel and the others uh, for a little while now. They were getting to see Jesus a little bit and and performing miracles and doing all of those things. But in 13, Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to be leaving you soon. I'm going to be leaving you soon. Well, you can imagine the disciples, what must be going through their minds. We've been with Jesus this amount of time, and now he's going to leave? And then we come to chapter 14, and Jesus addresses the issue. Jesus says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back, and I will take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And here's, here's our buddy Thomas. We looked at him a few weeks ago. Thomas says to the Lord, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus comes back with these verses. Jesus answered, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. No one. No one comes to the Father except through me. Nathaniel, you'll learn this. This will start to sink in. That I, the Son of Man, I am the one who brings life. And your way, Nathaniel, to heaven is through me and only through me. Nathaniel, you will discover that. You will learn that in these next few years. And I say to those of you that are here this morning, Jesus, he is the ladder. He is the bridge. He is the link. He is the connection between earth and heaven. And the only way we get into God's heaven is through Jesus. Jesus said, I am not a way. 
I am one of the ways. Jesus said very clearly that I am the way to the Father. And no man comes to the Father except they go through me. Timothy said, Jesus is the mediator. He's the connection between God and man. You see, you can be a really good guy, Nathaniel was, but everyone needs Jesus. We've all fallen short of his glory. But Jesus makes the way possible to enter into heaven and enter into the Father's kingdom. We come before you this morning, Lord, and we are thankful that you have provided us a way, a way to be forgiven of our sins, a way to enter into your heaven. But there's only one way. And so, Father, my prayer again for this good congregation is that each person might understand that, Father, to enter into your heaven is to go through Jesus. Father, impress that thought upon us this day, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, take your hymn books, if you would, please, and we'll close with 260. Uh, this was the song that Billy Graham would always end his crusades with, Just As I Am Without One Plea. Uh, we did a little study of this in our uh, prayer meeting group. We were looking at some of the histories of, of hymns, and um, I thought, you know, we haven't sung this for a long, long time. So let's stand together. We'll sing all five stanzas, and then we'll be dismissed. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come, the O Lamb of God, I come. as and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee blood can cleanse spot O Lamb of God I come as I am though tossed about with many a conflict many a doubt and fears within without O Lamb God I come I 
staff, I am poor wretch, blind, sight rich as healing of the mind. May all I need in Thee find, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as <coughs> Welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise. Believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Father, continue to take your word this morning words of scripture father this seed that has been planted in hearts father bring forth fruit I pray in Jesus name amen 